0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. I'm here with producer Brett and Matt Harmon, the wide receivers maven. (laughs) the four eyed maven uh, I it's liked, a nice game of thrones ref
0: I like the, the four eyed maven one did make me laugh it uh, was horrible I, I mean it was horrible myself. but it made me laugh like you, you know you can laugh at something and not think it's good content but like just a little haha. well
2: because it was about you
0: no, I mean, I just think it was clever, like,
2: and about you, which is primary to your finding something not necessarily interesting and adorable Liz, and tickling. You
0: know, no, that's not necessarily true. I can find humor in many other situations. Like, I think I found a lot of humor about some of your stories at the NFL uh, PA oh, rookie no. premiere. That <laughs> We're just I think we should. Right there. I mean, I think we should get right into it.
2: So okay,
0: uh, I, I mean, the people want. They listen to a podcast like the Yahoo fantasy football podcast, which thanks for listening. This means you're not a, a loser and or, an you, idiot. or an idiot and you get it. However, they listen to a podcast like this because they want inside information on players and situations across the nfl and you have a lot of insight on these players right now so because you just met a bunch of these uh rookies
2: right so i went to the nflpa rookie premiere which is an event held at the beverly hilton where they reveal these players professional jerseys to them for the first time Lots of characters there. I uh, let's see. Who should we start with? Kyler Murray was I know there. I who should finish with. Uh huh. He and Hollywood Brown were hanging out, which makes sense. Um, Kyler was very nice. I didn't speak to him much, but he was it's a
0: not a professional. big pizzazz guy. No,
2: no, yeah. no. And but P.S. He and um, Hollywood are like the same height. Well, <laughs> so
0: I wanted to I wanted to ask you about this because this has been. For whatever reason, a very big topic on the Twitter sphere this week because of the picture from the day after, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Marquise and At the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and they're standing next to each other, and people have been doggedly deciphering. Oh my God, Kyler is shorter than Marquise, who's definitely five nine. Um, which, by the way, is uh, wild and weird to me that we're still obsessing about this. Like we ha- literally, we literally have an event called the nfl scouting combine where they measure people's height for this instance and people are still talking yeah, about the guy's we height? also
2: know that like like if you know any of um baby hawk andrew hawkins story you know that there are ways to cheat that system the height i mean
0: the weight yeah Yeah, but the he, put, height, he
2: put like lifts in his shoes and stuff
0: i guess but i wanted to read uh he's this, not five ten. i wanted to read this tweet from uh my good friend patrick Claybon at the nfl network he said we got people out here that need we got people out here that need assistance to get the big boy cereal talking about kyler's height smh
2: what is big boy cereal it means
0: it's a short man joke
2: okay that's weird why why, why you gotta put cereal into
0: that i thought it was clever
2: okay sorry patrick i I don't know you um well done
0: uh (laughs) that one landed not the way i expected (laughs) it to
2: um yeah they're the same height yeah. Like they're absolutely the same height. I don't know who's wearing who what cares? sort of like, gym get, shoes. Who
0: cares? But that's know? the point.
2: Like, who cares? We know he's short. That's the yeah. Whole... So that's
0: what my point. Is, was why are we still talking about this? Like, because it's are...
2: something to talk about. You like, and it worked, by the way. Like, you you bit hook line nah, and sinker. I guess
0: you're right. Damn.
2: Who else was there? AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were cool together. I met Debo Samuel. I talked to him quite a bit. Um, Let's
0: let's talk about Debo because you know we know you really like Debo Samuel uh, as a player. I mean, I
2: would say that he's maybe not going to splash as or make as an immediate impact as maybe I had initially believed.
0: That's interesting because we will be talking about teaser later in the podcast. uh, You know, some of these San Francisco wide receivers and other mystery wide receiver groups
2: also met david montgomery
0: you have you had a good experience with david i montgomery.
2: did i did he was very professional wants to work very hard kept telling me over and over again how he's gonna make chicago proud he was all business but like also socially acceptable you put on like, your
0: bears fandom hat for, i for sure that did one. definitely
2: yeah. um but work you hard know. for
0: the town son huh <laughs>
2: Um, we talked about Jordan Howard a little bit mm-hmm. and how he um, understands that it's a business and he's business, yeah. excited to work with Coach Nagy. We also taught who else did I talk to? Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. And I will say that I am still very sure that Drew Locke should be ranked ahead of Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne
0: Haskins didn't make a big impression on you? No.
2: Nah.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Um, Terry
2: McLaurin, though, is a wide receiver and former college teammate did
0: like when you say he didn't make a big impression on you would you say that it was just he was boring he was flat or just
2: he believes himself to be the starter already
0: i mean i guess if i was in a battle with case freaking keenum i would too (laughs) and colt mccoy who i don't even know but they haven't hit the field yet i guess i mean he's but he's watched He's watched video of Cole, uh, Case Keenum we play, don't know play football. Listen, I was watching Cortland Sutton the other night, and it dawned on me. I'm like, Brett, I'm sorry. You're Broncos. Uh, this team actually just, like, ran out Case Keenum for 16 games. Oh, I watched it. Yeah. I like, watched all the games. Like, they just, they just did that. That was their only plan. And like, that, that wasn't was a, their only
2: plan. That's I'll, because Paxton Lynch was too busy, like, having edibles, but it was, edibles and, like. It
0: was <laughs> having edibles. <laughs> and Swag Kelly was out there getting arrested. But like
2: Swag Kelly, by the way, to the Colts.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it just was like, but that their plan was, like, Keenum's our guy.
1: Oh, I watched it all happening in slow motion over the summer last and year.
0: And now we got another team out there, like, re- they're really going to start Case Keenum over Dwayne Haskins.
1: I, I don't mean, think so. I have a question. I have a question for Liz as well. Wouldn't you want that out of your quarterback?
2: I don't want any assumptions coming out of a rookie. I would like a work ethic. And I, I am not the like there's no I in team sort of person. I really I'm quite fond of the Taylor Swift single me, which references that exact idiom. Um Promise so, you never find
1: another like me.
2: Yeah, he knows it. Um, I've listened. I have
1: a lyrics tattooed on my ribcage. Oh, wow. I'm, yeah. I'm kind
2: of like interested in a ribcage tattoo. I was just trying to, someone was note.
1: pitching me a
0: neck tattoo. To nope, them, like, no, 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 no. Not on you,
2: Harmon. No, no,
0: I mean, honestly, I don't know that anybody's be getting a neck tattoo. Uh, the ribcage
1: tattoo. Just
0: a raven with uh, some big glasses. I think that would be nice. A ribcage tattoo? Yeah, that could work. On me? Yeah.
2: I'm thinking about it.
0: I think about it. <laughs> I, I want to get Very a tattoo. Painful, I hear. I don't <laughs> know.
2: I think like just like I w- I would like it up the sides. No one can see what I'm doing. Anyway, let's talk about Dwayne Haskins. Um, no, let's let's we're, assu- no, of making I,
1: assumptions. Stop it. I want to. I Wait, wanna... I know
2: what you want to get to, but let me finish Brett's thought. Oh, all right, I forgot um, Brett.
1: I, it was so
0: long ago I forgot Brett. Asked I was the second question. billed on this
1: podcast. <laughs> you said, "Welcome to the podcast." Producer Brett's here. Second billing. Yeah,
0: that was on my radar. Don't worry.
1: My妹妹's <laughs> <Mar-mini's> third. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I don't want assumptions out of any rookie. I would like to see a little bit of humility, especially when you did get drafted after Daniel Jones and your reaction was all over the Internet. Mm. There is, um, to me, a difference between confidence and arrogance. That line is towed perfectly by one Drew Locke.
0: Yeah, talk about assumptions. I assume you had a lovely evening with Drew
1: Locke because uh, I follow you on Instagram. As we know. As we know. And I follow you on Instagram, and I, as discussed, I'm a Broncos fan, and a picture from your from your Instagram made it very prominent on the Broncos subreddit on Friday evening, Saturday morning. Uh, over the weekend. And it's a picture of Liz Loza with Drew Locke. Yep. Yep. Any other details you want to give about that? No person, The top voted comment, just for the listener, uh, it's Drew Locke in a, a white Nike uh, hoodie. Liz in a, it's like a, black, <laughs> a black, black shirt. black shirt. It's a nice shirt. And he's in the, he's got his hands around Liz and the top ah, comment. Blah,
2: blah, blah. He doesn't says, have his hands around Liz. Just let's, one, let's, He's just got one. his arm around him. got me. his arm.
1: He's Elite QB and elite hand placement. And I agree.
2: I don't understand why this is such a big deal. I had a very good professional conversation with Drew Locke ahead of taking this picture, who was, by the way, my producer said, let's get a picture. I told Drew how I Alan Springer never
0: misses an opportunity for a picture.
2: I told Drew how I did have him uh, ranked ahead of Dwayne Haskins, that I was Liz Lowe's of Yahoo Sports. He uh, feigned familiarity. And then I told him that I felt like he got a raw deal and that not enough people understand that he had three different offensive coordinators throughout his college career and that I really appreciated his tape and his sneaky mobility. And he said, I'm planning to work very hard. And I said, I appreciate it. I think you and Noah Fant are going to be a great combination in Denver and Broncos fans should be excited. I'm excited to see you ascend. And then Alan said, let's get a picture. Drew said, fine. He put his arm around my narrow rib cage and that is where his hand ended up i can can you guys as men explain this to me like i don't understand i am not like is there a technique do you calculate a woman's the width of a woman's rib cage before you decide to take a photo with her
0: i'll I'll be honest i don't run through like a of like a pre uh pre pre pre-motivated situation like i just you just got to
1: I, I mean, I, I just I don't think about it either. I was just excited. I opened up my Reddit app on Saturday morning and I, and because I'm, I'm, I subscribed to the Broncos subreddit, I'm like, there's Liz. I know her. That's pretty funny. We <laughs> I don't think, and that was that was the extent of it. To answer
0: the question, I don't think there's any pre calculated things. You know, you just you just you just do it. And sometimes that can land in the awkward Position of the hand or, like, the weird hover over a person and it looks like you're, like, afraid, like, to touch them like they're, like, radioactive or something. And then people on the internet have fun with it and here we are. Which is dumb, but here we are.
2: We should say, Matt, that this is particularly – is of particular interest to you because you do have another podcast on – one episode of which Drew Locke will be featured. Do you want to plug that in? I would
0: love to plug Your that in. I'd, I'd love to plug uh, Rookie Orientation because especially for the Drew Locke episode, I have, have a, a series of lovely guests. The loveliest, of course, being... Liz Loza, so you're gonna to get to hear Liz's thoughts beyond this picture, um, on Drew Locke. and uh Poor
2: Drew, man. I feel bad for him now. He's like being raked over the coals for just taking a nice picture. I mean, with it was only,
0: honestly, it was only 14 comments. And when Brett sent me the sent me the link,
2: that's what Harmon does. Do you see? Like that's the like backhanded what? gaslighting that Harmon no, does. He's I'm like, oh to, my god, that's amazing. It's it could, only 14 comments. Well, I, mean, though, I, was, so I like, was just gonna
0: say it could have been worse. Your like,
2: impressions weren't that great.
0: <laughs> it is Reddit. Actually. It could have been much worse. <laughs> that's what, see. It's like when Brett told me this was on Reddit, I was like, oh, my God, we can <laughs> never tell Liz because I assumed that it would just be a trash heap because it's Reddit. Sorry, Reddit. Um, But when Brett sent it to me, I was like, oh, OK,
1: only 14 comments. Like and it was, you know, none of them were brutal. Good stuff. Before we move on to wide receivers, can, can you talk? Can you tell the Daniel Jones? Oh, uh, yeah. Story.
2: Daniel Jones, I did not interact with because I didn't care to. Because Daniel Jones was walking around in some NFL PA swag, eating a breadstick, not drinking alone. A leader of men he does not seem to be.
0: Isn't dipping their breadsticks in water and uh, chilling.
2: He, I mean, dude, you're with
0: it. You're with a Giants fan. too. I was our, with a Giants our, fan. Our lead producer for Yahoo Sports, Ryan Dornbush.
2: Yeah. And I kept trying to get Ryan to uh, take a picture with him and he wouldn't do it. He's
0: like, I'm not he going over there with it. Breadsticks Boy.
2: <laughs> and when people are like, oh, you know, that that um, picture on Twitter that was out that it's like, this is a real picture. And it's a picture of Eli and Daniel Jones, like squ- squinching their faces similarly. Yeah. Man, if you think Eli Manning's kind of wussy true he makes daniel jones look like john claude van damme
0: liz i'm uh, gonna give you you should have you should have taken a picture of daniel jones like off on his own in his I NFL. Don't do it. it's
2: not professional it's
0: not professional but yeah that, sh- that shit definitely I mean, would have gone walking viral around
2: that, by himself nfl pa polo eating a breadstick i would
0: get i would almost i'd i'd almost bet
2: I'm never getting invited likes. to this event 100 again. Al- 100 likes not let on me that. In.
0: Yeah, 100 likes on that tweet if you'd sent that picture out.
2: Here's what I was able, like, on a football level to extrapolate from that. It is very clear to me that David Gettleman does not want personalities in that locker room. If you ship off OBJ and you draft Daniel Jones. And one last thing about Drew Locke I do want to say because there were thoughts about, you know, if Dwayne Haskins isn't the guy for you, then what about Locke who was ranked – Number three by most analysts ahead of Daniel Jones. And I would say that, that kid has a surprising amount of swag and confidence, and he is not the Eli Manning on the inside type personality that people are talking about him. So so clearly he's actually quite feisty and has said some pretty funny things in the past. So Daniel Jones, though, paint drying, friends.
0: <sighs> Water and breadsticks, baby.
2: <laughs> and I don't even think they were like sesame breadsticks. Uh, they were no, just like oh just a just just, plain breadstick. Like
0: knock off Olive Garden, break them from a frozen tray. They're a little tray. thicker than that,
2: but yeah. I also stole all the sushi at the end. It was very exciting. Oh. <laughs> free, free sushi! sushi. <laughs> what, what are we doing
0: here? We're not at some event with free food to not take That's some of it at the end. Exactly. Were, were I... you and Ryan and Alan, like Dwight and Michael, at the end of that big office party episode where they're out, you're sitting out on Dwight's car, like on the hood of his car, eating sushi? In no, the they made fun lot. of me
2: because I was like, guys, they have plates of sushi. They're just giving way. And I came back to the table with two and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, it's Done. Research, also, clowns. The bar has free checks mix. And I love checks mix. mix. Any bar that has like one of those if I see wasabi peas and any sort of like munch mix, that's fancy. I'm all over it. Give mm. me two bowls. All right. Anyway. Should we talk wide receivers? Speaking of fancy, let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. I bet they have wasabi peas and glasses of Chardonnay and all the fancy stuff because that is what Northern California is known for. We have a voicemail from a listener about this team. So, Producer Brett, should we play that? Hi, my name is Lee. My question is, who do you think is going to be more relevant this year um, in San Francisco catching passes from Jimmy G? Dante Pettis or Debo Samuel? Or Jalen Hurd. It's a
0: crowded group there in San Francisco. Our guy didn't even mention Marquise Goodwin. Jordan Matthews is, like, kicking around Man. on the roster. He's not Man. making that team. No. no, he's not making that team. It's an interesting group, Liz.
2: I, I mean, to me, there's a clear winner of these. Hit me. Uh, Dante Pettis. Yeah, I think
0: I think it's Pettis.
2: Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd oh, have yeah. some overlap in their skill sets. So
0: when you look at – I, I think there's a – Non 0% chance that Marquise Goodwin could lead the team in receiving yards, but I, I, this is non 0% chance, but I think he could, I think he outproduces Debo Samuel this year.
2: I think that's true. I yeah. would take Marquise Goodwin as the number two on this team, yeah, but number Dante one, I, I agree is with definitely you. the number one. I mean, when you look at what he did down the stretch, I think he had three straight games of seven targets with one red zone target a piece from weeks. Oh, like 12 through 14, just before the uh, fantasy playoffs, into the fantasy playoffs. I know that this is like the time of year that coach speak gets at, out of control, but huge expectations is the quote from John Lynch. Uh, he's adding strength and muscle mass because he was a little dinged. I mean, that's my major concern with Goodwin, too, is his inability to stay healthy. Injuries, but Goodwin yeah. is like 28 plus. yeah. And Pettis is only 23. So give me the upside and the youth and the fresher body.
0: Pettis is good. Um,
2: Have you charted him? Yes.
0: It just last weekend, actually. Um, and, you know, coming into this season, last season, you know, the – Note on Pettis and the GM said it as much was that, you know, we like him because he can play all three positions, mm-hmm. and that's true. He can play flanker, he can play slot, he can play X. But they use him as an X receiver a lot. Um, like in the metrics I chart for reception perception, he play he faced press coverage on thirty four point nine percent of his snaps. That's really high. That's up there with like top level X receivers. Um, like a uh, you know AJ Green is thirty eight percent, Michael Thomas thirty seven percent. So he definitely played a lot at X receiver. And early on in the season, like. Looking Looking at the games where he, you know, wasn't playing that much but still running routes or whatever, was, wasn't was putting up big numbers. I was like they were – the first two games I looked at were really, really bad. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be – this isn't going to be good. But by the end of the year, he had really come on and was separating really well. I mean with behind the numbers was really good route running, really good separation. So
2: and that – if I remember correctly and have not rewatched the taper or or obviously done any charting came as Marquise Goodwin was absent from Mm -hmm. the lineup and therefore he got more reps. So I would assume then if with practice, his uh, development as a receiver continued to grow in a full off season with these expectations, the ceiling is even higher.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And, and that ability to, if he does play as that ex receiver, um, more often than not, I think that makes him stand out from guys like uh Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, sure. who definitely can't play that position. No, nope.
2: no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Fire hydrants on the outside.
0: <laughs> well, Jalen Hurd is massive, but is a former running back. But D- Debo
1: Samuel is definitely tiny.
2: Um, Let's talk about more wide receiver groups because this was kind of thank you to our caller. What was his name?
1: Pete. Yeah, didn't quite hear it very well.
2: All right, thank Pete. you, Pete. Thank you, because now you've— um. Allowed us a whole, a whole topic plethora to discuss. of options. Plethora, sure. I want to go through a couple of wide receiver groups that have no clear number one or number two option, and see who we think could rise to the top. Let's do it. Let's start with Baltimore.
0: Baltimore, uh, right now they have my boy Willie Sneed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Hollywood Brown, uh, Miles Boykin, and lots
2: of boys of yours. On this yeah I mean roster. I
0: think and last year they had Crabtree who was one of the like original reception perception finds before he went to Oakland like you know he had that really bad year with San Francisco but that was a good find but then like he's going to be productive his next home whatever and then Willie Sneed and John Brown like yeah I think I think the Ravens need to send me a paycheck. Uh, basically, I mean, I guess it didn't really work out last year, so maybe not. But. <laughs> really, really
2: pushing that, that whole like Raven Maven bit. Right yeah, now, aren't we're
0: you? really leaning into. It. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe I will have to get that Raven tattoo on oh, me Please don't summers. ever do that. Um, um,
2: so, yeah. which of these, which of these guys, uh, Seth Roberts, also on the squad? Which of these four gentlemen are Seth you interested Roberts. in? Well, Moore. Seth Roberts is going to have like one or two games a year where he inexplicably
0: gets like catches three catches, two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, um, I think the favorite to lead the team. You know, is probably Hollywood Brown. Really? I mean, I think I think Snead could actually lead the team in targets, mm-hmm. but in terms of like receiving yards, touchdowns, you would think it's going to be Brown. Um, I think this team is going to be a better passing unit than people think because I love the way if you have Boykin as your ex receiver, you have Hollywood as your flanker, you know, a guy you can motion around pre uh, pre snap. Um, and then you have Snead as your slot receiver. I think I still think Willie Snead's a really good player, like as a slot guy.
2: I have Willie Snead ahead of the rest of the lot of these guys.
0: I can see that.
2: I do think there's going to be. So we we've talked about this that everyone is saying that Baltimore needs to change their offense to fit Lamar Jackson. This is a run first offense. But then a point that you made in Nashville, Matt, was that you don't go and get Boykin and Brown and
0: in the top 100 n- picks
2: and not try to. Extend your passing game, right? Yeah, I loved Miles Boykin as well. Coming out, he I I just don't think the maturation is going to be very quick for him. I think he's a raw prospect. We've yeah. comped him to Kenny Galladay, it took a while for Kenny Galladay. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if this kid like blows a hamstring and is out for four weeks. Like, uh,
0: yeah, I think I think you're looking at 2020, yes, as the year for Boykin. I still think he could be the third receiver in terms of snaps played
2: I want to see Hollywood Brown's rapport with uh, with Lamar Lamar Jackson as the summer falls into or as the summer turns into the fall Um, I think Hollywood Brown will have maybe after Halloween or just before Thanksgiving three big games but I don't expect any sort of consistency out of him I do think if you're looking for the highest floor player it's going to be Willie Sneed I love that
0: I love Um, that call
2: You know, his targets didn't really dip with Jackson um, under center from weeks 11 on. Um, Even though, like, Willie Sneed was hurt off and on throughout that, his targets didn't really dip. What did improve was his efficiency. Yeah. And so that also leads me to believe that there's a switch in usage and and rapport. And so I do think, especially in a PPR league, like Willie Sneed could be an interesting value play.
0: And I've continued to say this, and I'll say it once again. Lamar Jackson— it would be disingenuous to say that he does not have a passing problem based on what we saw from his uh, rookie season. However, he was this way in college, and I believe he was this way in the NFL last year. He is a better middle-of-the-field passer, much better than he is outside the numbers. I think he throws a pretty good deep ball, which still gives you hope for Hollywood Brown, especially Mm -hmm. on those deep posts over the middle of the field. But like that was what I thought doomed – the Ravens in that playoff game against the Chargers, so many of their passes were to the outside of the numbers, which just showed a, a little bit of a problem identifying what your quarterbacks were comfortable with. But middle field passing, if that's his strength, that jives very well with what Willie Sneed does on slants, crossers, et cetera.
2: Let's talk about Buffalo, another young quarterback, Josh Allen. Um, they've got John Brown.
0: GOAT, number one receiver.
2: Zay Jones.
0: Who is apparently Cole Beasley also. Uh, Cole you know, Beasley th- and those, Robert Foster. Those two, it's funny because... I was reading something yesterday that said that Cole Beasley and Zay Jones are in a legitimate battle for that mm-hmm. slot receiver job, which I took two things away from. You know, if you paid Cole Beasley all that money and you're going to play Zay Jones over him, that's. Did you
2: look at the J- Zay Jones' numbers last year? I mean, he was all right. No, he wasn't.
0: He was compared to his rookie season. When
2: Josh Allen started to come on, he averaged about seven targets a game and caught three goddamn balls a game. Do you remember?
0: Do you remember? Listen, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a Zay Jones. I was,
2: I was a truther. I said he was. uh, He should buy stock in Michaels because he was crafty.
0: But here's, but again improvement off of, like, yes. Did he have a 54.9% catch rate last year? Yes. But his rookie year, he had a 36.5% catch rate. So, listen, Liz, that's improvement. That's improvement. Sure,
2: that is improvement. But
0: <laughs> He caught seven touchdowns. You're that's making what a think. good
2: point about adding a slot receiver and these two battling it out.
0: The second point that I took away from that was that I think John Brown and Robert Foster are very clearly established as the outside, number one and number two.
2: Right. I, I would—I'm going to give it to John Brown. I mean, just to me, makes course, obvious sense. Of course. I also think John Brown is going to be a priority for the offense because we've talked about his ball-tracking skills, and, you know, we all know he's a deep threat, etc. But I think when you have a quarterback with accuracy issues, you get him an ace ball tracker to help improve those, and so that's going to be a priority that the coaching staff um, makes Allen and Brown connect on now, like, immediately.
0: Yeah, even before— um... Even before I fell in love with John Brown, I think the first time I really noticed someone I respected like say something about him was back in his rookie year. I think it was, I think it was Sigmund Bloom said um, he looks like like when you toss a dog a frisbee, like that's you know, and it runs under it and grabs it. That's John Brown the deep ball, and that's going to look pretty cool with Josh Allen slinging him out there. Opens it up,
2: New England. Julian Edelman obviously resigned. Philip Dorsett, who I mean, in best ball, if you're looking for a I'm not. Okay. Um, <laughs> this group Harry. is
0: rough after yeah. Edelman and Harry.
2: Demarius Thomas. Dontrell Inman.
0: Do you think Demarius makes the week no. one roster? You had a little thing with Inman last year.
2: Clean it up. I had – he was a sleeper you, yeah. for me in week 11 and it hit. That's what I meant.
0: Um, I think I, – I mean Julian Edelman looks like a really nice value in fantasy right now. You know, paid, obviously just got that contract extension. He should – you know eat up targets they have no real interesting tight end on the roster that middle of the field should be all of his and you know i mean i think he's an automatic like fourth round pick in ppr drafts and just you know take wide receiver 2 production to the bank
2: well and people forget that he started the year not just suspended but i don't think totally healthy
0: from yeah Because he's coming off the acl tear yeah.
2: yeah um so his production last year wasn't you know, down the stretch, obviously, it improved as he became healthier. But if people aren't remembering that piece of the narrative, then they aren't understanding his full stats. Um Nikhil Harry, I do think, is interesting just because of the number of targets that have been vacated with the various absences um, on the 2019 squad. I will throw out a small fearless forecast since I did one. 58, and so not going anywhere. 58 grabs, 751 yards, and six touchdowns is what I have for Nikhil. So I still think— Your best bet and the easiest money is Edelman. But if you are going to gamble on a rookie, Nikhil Harry, on this squad, makes a little bit of sense to me. For sure. Jacksonville. Woof. What I wrote on my notes, woof. That is exactly (laughs) what I wrote. Westbrook, Shark, Lee, Conley, Cole equals woof.
0: I don't think any of these guys are good. Dude. I mean, Didi Westbrook is like a fine speed slot receiver, Mm, but fine. he's fine.
2: Fine, but does he match what your quarterback can do? not great right um uh, i thought keelan cole just because oh, man so wait the only reason i i chose I'm, Cole or highlighted with him this. i'm
0: with you on this
2: is because of how hard he owned eric rowe in week two of last year oh, i
0: was just gonna bring that up i mean we were on the same page 100 on this jaguars analysis because i was just going i was just recently going back and charting dd westbrook and the first game i looked at was that game they whacked the Patriots mm-hmm. in week two and I was like this feels like it was from another lifetime ago yep Keelan Cole's a great example because early in that game he has this like awesome one-handed contested catch on the sideline goes for over 100 yards and then just f- disappears from the earth sorry Brett but I, I really liked Keelan Cole uh, coming in I liked his rookie season in reception perception I liked what we saw from him in the preseason then like I think he got, like, the yips and dropped a bunch of balls. They just demoted him
2: I and, mean, he tri- and he and I, went the away. I mean, the whole locker room. Like, we know Jared Quay works here. His brother, Calais Campbell, is obviously on, on the team. Correct. I think a lot of that locker room situation Poisoned. got out of control. And um, now you've got Nick Foles, who is an inspirational leader, who's written a book. And <laughs> from a playing standpoint, <laughs> Nick Foles, we all know, needs, like, one of those— um, contested catch receivers who can win 50-50 balls. And I think of, though, I'm not saying that Keenan Cole is the first guy I think of when yeah. I think of that, but of those guys, that's your best bet.
0: I know, like, time is just fluttering away from us, but when, like, two months ago, I was like, Liz, like because you kept bringing up Chris Conley during free agency. It was either on the podcast <sighs> or the live stream. I was like, Liz, I think at some point I'm going to, like, like back you into the corner of a take of like having uh like Chris Conley is like a top thirty receiver or something. He's like this fits with Nick Foles, big outside receiver. But I mean, it clearly looks like we're over that. already.
2: thanks for bringing it up, man.
0: Well, what I mean, I just I'm saying like you know it's one of those things. I think every year. With these, like, mysterious wide receiver cores, like, it's one thing for us to talk about John Brown, you know, guys like Willie Sneed or Hollywood Brown, you know, first-round first, first round picks, got veterans that we've seen produced at the NFL level before. But, you know, these goofballs in Jacksonville, like, we try to, like, pick something from this group, and it's just probably not going to be there. People like D.D. Westbrook, though. There are there are a lot of analysts that really, really like D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, he's not for just, me. I just don't get it.
2: Um, Let's talk about your on-again, off-again relationship with the Carolina Panthers. I was watching your Instagram stories this morning, and oh yeah, you. I don't know when you posted that, but I
0: forgot uh, that I did. I forgot where you were referencing. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did post something about you. Posted
2: a picture of DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel practicing together.
0: Yeah, those guys are like. I kind of think they're like sneaky, really good friends because, like, I follow them both on Instagram. I follow the Panthers on Instagram. They post like together a lot, like
2: really well, smiling
0: and happy. Yeah, I mean it's cool because look. Here's the thing about the Panthers' receiver core, they have a really, they have really inspiring, um, like hopeful young number one and number two receivers, you know, and more, and Samuel and more, and behind them, they actually have some really interesting depth. I mean, Torrey Smith, I think, is done, but Chris Hogan's interesting as a number three receiver. They just signed Aldrick Robinson, who. He makes makes big plays like wherever he goes. Last year for the Vikings, he was playing over – Against the Rams, he had a
2: huge game week four, I want to say.
0: Jarius Wright, like Cam Newton really started to like him on third downs. They picked up um, Rashad Ross from the AAF, who like was AAF MVP of everybody's fantasy team outside of Trent Richardson in the AAF. Like the team has interesting depth at wide receiver, and I don't know how to handle it.
2: But you like Curtis Samuel ahead of DJ Moore.
0: I don't know that I'm – Going to be so bold to say he will outproduce DJ Moore in fantasy because I think the team loves DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore will play inside a lot and get a lot of. He those. has a
2: draft pedigree.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, Samuel was a second round pick, but um, the current the
2: second round pick who didn't turn over his first year.
0: No, he was hurt. I mean, he, he had hurt. that one great game in Miami and then got hurt in the at the end of it. Then last year he. Um, he, he comes into training camp as like a heart condition and didn't play for a while. But he
2: outplayed DJ Moore last year. Yeah,
0: well, look, Liz, it is impossible to watch the 2018 Carolina Panthers and not come away thinking that Curtis Samuel is by far the better route runner of these two right now. I mean, it's it's. Not even. Why is that?
2: But why is that so hard to believe when you know that DJ Moore's knock coming out of the NFL was that he wasn't a great route runner and that he was just this incredible ninety something percentile spark athlete.
0: I don't think it is. I don't think it's incredible at all. But I also think it's a testament to Curtis Samuel, who honestly, like, I think he looks like Stephon Diggs. I will. I will say that the way he runs routes, his reception perception numbers spoiler alert are incredible. <laughs> like he they he looks like early career Stefan Diggs. And we know how good Diggs is. We know I mean you know, everybody knows how much I love Stefan Diggs as a player. And also like you know, it wasn't like people last year were like, oh, Curtis Samuel, he's like kind of a running back wide receiver hybrid because that's what he was at Ohio State. And yeah, now this guy's like a damn great route runner. I mean, that is kind of an incredible transformation. So I think people still have that vision of Samuel stuck in their head. But Moore is more of that guy right now than Curtis Samuel is. I mean, I think and just to bring it back to the digs comp, I think DJ Moore is probably already the best after catch receiver in the league. He's good on contested passes. He's not going to separate at all very well against press or man coverage but can sift through zones in the middle of the field. I think in an ideal situation, we have Curtis Samuel as their as Carolina's Stefan Diggs and that leaves DJ Moore to be their Adam Thielen type guy that plays off the line of scrimmage and in the slot um, and can make big plays in, in a variety of fashions. And if that worked out for the Carolina freaking Panthers, I don't know how to handle that. <laughs> I don't know how to handle Mm -hmm. them having an incredible.
2: Told you, Matt, you can love two things at one time.
0: Yes, that is true. The heart wants what it wants. And um, I want I want Stefan Diggs Jr. and Adam Thielen Jr. (laughs) and a cavalcade of interesting, maybe not good, but interesting interesting options at three and four.
2: Arizona has interesting options too. I feel
0: good. I feel good talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Did you get was, it out? I'm excited. I mean, I'm so excited about Curtis Samuel. Like, I, you know, everybody's talking about Chris Godwin as the obvious breakout receiver of the of the league this year. And I mean, that's just like write it in pen. It's well, that's what we happen. were last year too. Well, but this year the op- This is the year. But no, but I mean, like, this is the year. The opportunity is all there. Everything lines up. Chris Godwin's breaking out this year. Shut up and deal with it, everybody. But. Number two on my list for breakout receivers. I love that this is receivers. Matt's, like, who's
2: loudest about it because this was, this was like, everything that was being said last year. And now...
0: Number two on the list this year. I think it's Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Samuel.
2: Um, can we talk about Arizona now? Uh, are you, I are you I might still have, so rolling? Have Do you need a cigarette? Like, <laughs> I need what? a cigarette, yeah.
0: <laughs> Brett, can I smoke in the podcast studio? Sure. Okay, cool. All
2: right. Arizona has a wide variety of different types of players. Some might say that they're interesting. Some might say that it's a diverse group in terms of skill set. Um, you've got Larry Fitzgerald, who's old AF. You've got Christian Kirk, who is polished AF. You've got I like this Christian Kirk. Andy Isabella, I think that's my bet. Um yeah, me too. <clears throat> Kevin White, who yeah. I just can't no, quit. No, I, why? I, I, I can't quit him. Why? <laughs> what? Talk about a like.
0: Look, this is a. We well,
2: haven't uh, drafted him for you know at least a year. So what are we at least? At least <laughs>
0: I mean, come on! What are we doing with? No, we don't need to talk about Kevin White. I'll take the under on any any receptions bet you want to take.
2: <laughs> are you going to chart him?
0: No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding, Liz? There's so many receivers in the league. You know, I, well, there's not... only
2: going to be like four games. You won't have to do the full the full sample. I don't. They I, don't even, even he, exist.
1: No, I think he actually like played a decent amount of games last year. He just didn't do anything. Honestly, I put Kevin White on the outline just to mess with both of you. <laughs> I don't really consider him. He played
0: nine He played nine games last year. He just didn't start in any of them. So
2: I think when you look at Larry Fitzgerald oh gosh, and really- Christian Kirk, to me, Kirk is the ascending talent. And it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if he outproduces the elder statesman this year. Oh, season.
0: no. I mean, it's tough with Larry Fitzgerald because he pretty much plays in that same role now every year, the big slot role. And, you know, he does kind of the same thing every year. Same, I and mean, which is a credit to him that really for the last four years he's been like the metronome of the wide receivers, you know, same thing every year, you know, whatever. That's great. It's interesting to think how he might fit into this air raid type offense, but Christian Kirk, yeah, I agree. Like, he's a guy I want to place a bet on, you know, after the top 30 receivers are off the board in fantasy because. I think he's a better prospect than certainly Hakeem I he's Butler. So polished. or so Like, yeah. everyone
2: talks about—I mean, this isn't a fair comp, but I feel like Calvin Ridley, because of the offense that he was on last year, gets all of this hype for being polished. And I know you charted him. Um,
0: I haven't got to Christian Kirk yet, but he's one that to But I, I to feel do like
2: Christian Kirk doesn't get the same sort of appreciation or love for his technique because he was, you know, on a shit roster last year.
0: Well, and Christian Kirk, too, like— uh, we, you know, I think you talked to him before the draft last year too. Yeah. So I talked I interviewed him back at the NFL network and talked about it feels like a different lifetime ago. He I remember talking to him because you know I did his college reception perception sample and you know he played in the slot like ninety mm-hmm. something percent of his snaps. And and I asked him, I said, Hey man, like you played in the slot a lot last year. Like, can you play outside? Like you know, whatever, and he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "Yeah, if the NFL, if my NFL team asked me to do it, like I'm gonna do it." Like I was in the slot for if with Texas A&M because that's what they needed me what to was do. A question. And and to to his credit, he played outside a decent bit last year because Fitz has that role locked down. He's, he's, he will still play inside a decent amount, but yeah, I I think Christian Kirk is gonna have a really good year with Kyler Murray,
2: Curtis Samuel, and Christian Kirk potential breakouts for twenty. 19.
0: I, no, Yeah, for sure. Oh
2: You're writing the article that I'm supposed to write for me. Thank you, friend. Let's talk about Pittsburgh. Juju Smith-Schuster, your favorite, James Washington, and another guy that I've had trouble quitting, Dante Moncrief.
1: Uh, just, listen,
2: mm. ease it up, ease it up. <laughs> All right, last
0: I week, mean, that, at least that's more real than Kevin White.
2: Well, Dante Moncrief is interesting because if you think about red zone weapons, Vance McDonald, who was used as a slot receiver in college – And, you know, not necessarily a giant red zone presence is the only uh, tight end that they have. They don't have Le'Veon Bell. So, like, one of these guys needs to own the red area of the field. To me, we know what Juju can do, but to me it's between Washington in his second season or Moncrief in his, like, seventh
0: James Washington was telling us today that he uh not like me or you or Brett but the world on uh, at large uh, through the media and twitter uh that he's down from two twenty five which he played at as a rookie to two oh nine so he's lost a little bit of weight good for him It's best, best shape or best shape of your life season everybody mm-hmm. uh, it, get in it and um i think he's i think he, i'm getting a little confident in washington like because he's so cheap right now in drafts, and I think hope he stays I feel that like way. Because that's
2: not going to stick, though. I feel like that depends. like he's going to. Well, he's it, a
0: drumbeat player, like we talked about. Yeah. If if we start to hear more, like wow, James Washington looking great in minicamps. Wow, he's really looking great in practice, and he takes it to training camp, then he takes it to the preseason. But I still think there's probably a, a capped ceiling on him because he has no history, no production. You know, he wasn't good as a rookie. Um, but I thought he was a good player coming out of college, and you know, this is an offense that. Should be top 15 in past attempts at least.
2: I'm also just worried about who's going to score. Like what I, I guess not worried about. What I want to know is who's going to score these touchdowns. And people forget yeah. that Moncrief did. I mean, that's all he did in yeah. Indianapolis when Andrew Luck was healthy. Seven touchdowns in 2016, six in 2015. Those aren't awesome numbers, but his primary role was to just post up in the end zone. And people want to look at his 2018 numbers, but. I was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, this right. is it was a mess. So I think that it is a strategic move on the part of the Pittsburgh Steelers to get a receiver that they can just throw into the red area of the field when they need somebody to do that. It's and good insurance. For fantasy purposes, like yeah. divorcing it from football. I think that James Washington's probably going to be a more valuable IRL piece for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But in terms of fantasy, would a six-touchdown season out of Dante Moncrief be that surprising?
0: No, especially if Vance McDonald doesn't work out at tight end, which—
2: He's not—I I just don't think that that's what he's suited to do for the Steelers.
0: No, I th- I think it's not—like, if you're playing best ball drafts, which will be coming to Yahoo in the coming months, he's a guy that I'd throw a dart—like, uh, Dante oh. Markov is a guy I'd throw a dart on late, super late.
2: Green Bay, Devontae Adams, my boy Equinemius St. Brown, MSV, and— um. Geronimo. People
0: are liking Geronimo Allison. By the way, we talked
2: him up a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I was surprised to see that he's a guy that I was assigned to chart for reception perception. I'm like, guys, there's like five games here. You really
2: got a sneaky feeling his foot's gonna bother him again this year. Uh Like, based on nothing, have no history, like no nugs of information. Just have a feeling that he's not. It's just just a hunch.
0: Geronimo seems so. Here's here's how we break this down. I think Geronimo seems like the most Rogers guy. You know, mm-hmm. he started out Gmo. getting the most reps early and was producing a decent amount before got hurt before he got hurt. MVS, I think, had the best season last year. He had a he had a nice stretch. I said MSV,
2: there. MSV. MVS.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Thanks, Brent. Um, and then Equinemius St. Brown is the most like talented or whatever. I
2: loved Equinemius St. Brown's I really, tape yeah, coming I, out of the Dame. I really Notre liked
0: Dame. him too. I was in I was a hundred percent with you on that. I mean,
2: but he does not gel with Aaron Rodgers.
0: Potentially, you know, depending on how much you want to believe out of that story, which I mean, you know, I I, and he was a guy that was like, I'm not gonna stretch coming in the NFL, I'm not gonna play special teams. So there was a lot about that's why he thought of the sixth it's round. It's funny that a, you said he's, he's not gonna stretch
2: because like my number one note on him was he needed to do some yoga because his yeah. his flexibility was not good enough for
0: he honestly reminded shooter. like me of a poor man's Martavis Bryant coming out because like he's a vertical threat could really win on like crossing routes and after the catch and stuff like that but we'll see. So I mean Ramsey's. these these guys are all worth monitoring. Um, Devonta
2: Adams 1 GMO2 MVS3 ESB4.
0: I think that's the the consensus, yeah.
2: All right, and let's we'll uh, do a little bit of over unders. We'll do this quickly because I don't like this segment. Okay, um, great. AFC North Baltimore. Sorry, I
0: pitched it to waste all, all of our time.
2: Over eight and a half wins.
0: Give me over for You're Baltimore. Crazy. Come on. You think
2: they're going to win nine games?
0: They always win like nine, ten games. Fall. I like, I like the way the offense is set up. I like the receivers they have now. I like. Lamar. I like Lamar Jackson. I think they could what be about
2: a, all the defensive pieces that they're missing. And don't have, just say, but every year they make it work.
0: That was what I was going to say. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they added Shane
0: Ray. I mean, I guess we'll just have to see when see when the games start.
2: I just wonder about those defensive pieces missing. And it's going to take a little bit for everything to work. And it's going to take a little bit for that offense to catch on and turn over. And so it's hard for me to imagine nine wins as everything is transitioning on both sides of the ball.
0: I mean, I guess we'll just have to see when the game I starts. I guess we're
2: just going to have to see, which is why this whole segment is.
0: <sighs> I'm going to say that for every. Cincinnati,
2: <laughs> six wins. Can we just go under? Yeah, oh, okay, under.
0: Bye. But I mean, we will have to see what happens when the game starts.
2: Cleveland, nine. Well,
0: I mean, we'll have to see what happens when the game starts. But the offense looks awesome right now. I'm taking the over. I think they're, you know, a top five team. Agreed. In the AFC.
2: Pittsburgh, nine. Well, I'm we'll, have to see under. What, we'll have to see what no, happens when the game under. starts. Stop but, being a— Stop saying that. <laughs> right, dad's getting mad.
0: Dad's getting pissy. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, well, under. Thank you. Yeah, I think they're an eight-win team. They look like an eight-win team.
2: I, I said it as well. I'm surprised that you said that because you're usually like, you know, the silver linings guy.
0: Yeah, but I hate the Steelers.
2: NFC North, the Chicago Bears going to Chicago this weekend. I better say over. I had nine wins though. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go
0: push. Go for the push. Just take the yeah, take these. Yeah. But we will have to see what happens when the game starts. Whether Detroit Mitchell Lions, Trubisky six really and improves. a half
2: over under. Under. For sure.
0: I think they stink.
2: Green Bay, nine. Oh
0: man. I wanna go.
2: Think about that division. There's gonna be a lot of battles. They'll win. Uh, yeah.
0: I wanna go I wanna go over because I think like I think they've made a lot of additions on defense. I like Mike Pettin as defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. I like the idea of that
2: backfield does not seem like a winner to me the
0: backfield yeah You're everybody's favorite boy aaron jones Yeah, but is there. again
2: that's predictability He can't catch a damn pass uh, he's
0: like fine he's not like as good as jamal williams i think he can catch a pass He just you know well but even i don't know i think all that stuff is whatever but
2: oh i know running backs don't matter no running well
0: that's no, not necessarily my belief but I, I think the offense as a whole, like I think the backfield is actually the part you can feel the best about because that receiver core that we just talked about, even though Devonte Adams is absolutely elite, I think this is the worst receiver core. But that don't Rogers you think that Aaron Rodgers can
2: drag them into production? That is what Aaron didn't Rogers really had. happen
0: last year. I mean, dragged him into I mean, production. There a but lot
2: more going on last year.
0: True. So I, but I also think you never know what in terms of gelling personalities, all that stuff. Who, who knows? Jimmy but, Graham's
2: like washed. So there's that. I mean, so, we'll, he
0: might be washed, but we'll have to see what happens when the game over starting.
2: under nine wins.
0: Over by one.
2: Sure. The one that they lose to the Bears, which is why the Bears are under nine. Minnesota Vikings. Over. Yes, over I, nine, like over I think. Yes, yeah. I totally agree.
0: Like the Vikings set up on offense this year. Irv adds something to the mix. Mm-hmm. They made some additions on the offensive line. They could still get better, but I mean it's it's at least they made some additions, you know. And if Dalvin Cook is healthy for the full 16 games, that would be nice. And they have two different makers at wide receivers. And I think Kirk has, a like, a bounce-back-ish year. But we'll have to see what happens when the, when the games start.
2: Obviously. <laughs> Matt, before the games start, you are rolling out your pod series. Would you like to give it one more plug?
0: I would love to. Uh, rookie orientation, you can subscribe to it wherever you get podcasts. Um, look, I'm not going to get sappy about it, but it's definitely the thing that I, since I started here that I'm most – proud of because of how much work has gone into it and like not on really on my side but like on the production side of it so brett you and all your cohorts have done a fantastic job especially lindsey fulton who deserves a big shout out for putting it together but i promise you it's different than any other like how this podcast is different than you know two stupid white dudes like what do you think about football what do you think about football like we have liz here being a true elevating difference maker on this podcast the way that the other podcast is set up. This is how is the gaslighting
2: happens, by the way. What do you mean? This is it. This is. Uh, a, like, I'm, really, I'm
0: like trying to say
2: something uh-huh. nice
0: here. The other podcast, Rookie Orientation, is, uh, is is different than all your other sports podcasts. So check it out.
2: And episode one has already dropped. It was Nick Bosa titled The Prince Who Was Promised.
0: And I will tell you, we talked a lot about the player that we have on episode two, who you will actually hear on episode two as well, Marquise Brown.
2: Right. All right, you can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We are out until the games begin. We'll just well, see how it
0: shakes out. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail.